Gabriel Moreno is reportedly on his way to the big leagues. And after so much hype and speculation, the Blue Jays' number one prospect is finally getting his shot. In this episode of the Inside the Blue Jays podcast, Mitch Bannon and myself, Ethan Diamandis, break down how this Moreno call-up came to be, what we know about the young catcher, and how the Blue Jays could handle this logjam of talented backstops going forward. We'll have all that and more on the latest episode of the Inside the Blue Jays podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Mitch, Gabriel Moreno is here. Finally, it seems weird to say, and it seems weird to think about that after last season and how hot he was and after, you know, this triple A season and people were banging the drum for him when Jansen went down the first time. Uh, now, you know, I think I automatically assumed when Jansen got injured that, you know, they were just going to bring up another, you know, backup third string, fourth string quad A guy, but it's Moreno. He's finally here. I mean, he's done nothing but prove himself in the minors. Um, the timing uh, is probably couldn't, couldn't have been better for Toronto, uh, given their catching predicament, given their competition level this season. But are you surprised that uh, it's finally happening? Yeah, I think I am surprised. I think it was, it's funny. Jansen goes down. We find out it's going to be a few weeks. Collins comes up. And it's like, oh, this is the perfect time for everyone to write about how they could have called up Moreno right now and how mm-hmm. there's like an argument to be made because he's doing so well. And everyone got their shots off. Everyone wrote about that. Yep. And 24 hours later, Ross Atkins is like, psych guys, I'm just calling Gabby Moreno up. I'm like, so- sorry, I-, I gave you 24 hours to get your stories off of that. If you didn't write that, you missed the boat because now he's in the big leagues. So uh, he- he's not formally called up yet. Maybe by the time you're listening mm. to this, he is. But Sometime this weekend, we'll, we will in person be seeing Gabriel Moreno. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's a good that's a good uh, note to mention that uh, he is reportedly being called up on the weekend in Detroit. I believe it was Keegan Matheson of MLB.com who uh, first broke that news, and then other reports confirmed it. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting, and yeah, we had that twenty four hour window. I got a story off. I think uh, our friend Caitlin McGrath, the athletic got one. I think every, everyone on the beat kind of fired off that, that story. Um, so we'll, we'll give a quick timeline of, of how Moreno kind of traveled to the bigs this year. Um, but first, Mitch, let's hear from our friends at bet online. Yeah. I don't think we would have bet on uh, Gabriel Moreno to be getting the call up this early in the season. I think we earlier, we made our predictions and it was like July 20th or something. So we were off by about four days, but yes, uh, our partners at bet-, bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including the year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, major league baseball, and the latest fighting news. And even next season's early NFL futures. Uh, you can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use our promo code BELIEVE. It's all caps, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get in on the action. Uh, we'll be getting in on the action soon enough. But, um, like I said, the timeline from the beginning. Um, was it game one that Jansen went down with that, or 
got hit by the pitch. Game one in Kansas City. Yes. Yeah. So Jansen gets hit on his left hand, I believe. He's a right-handed hitter. A bottom hand, right? That's the only uh, the only possible way that could happen. He's, I, I he believe he stayed in to, to run the bases, but then came out. No, uh, I, he, he stayed in afterwards. Yeah, and he stayed in the game. He was allegedly fine after the game. Turns out he wasn't. What a guy. Um, he fought through it. So then Ross Atkin comes, comes the next day to speak to reporters, and he says, Danny Jansen has a fractured fifth metacarpal bone in his hand. That's a big fancy way of saying he's got a broken pinky, um, which is actually kind of a common injury for boxers and mixed martial artists and people who are, are throwing punches and having impact on their hands. Um, so a, a terrible break for Jansen, although worth mentioning, it's a stable break according to Ross Atkins. Uh, and Jansen's expected to be out multiple weeks. I think you can do some Google searching on that type of injury. I believe there's prognosis ranging anywhere from four to eight weeks, I think, on when he could be back. Um, Zach Collins comes up. Um, he catches Yusei Kikuchi on Wednesday. That start does not go well. Um, worth mentioning, we'll get around to that three-catcher rotation later. Um, but then we get the word after the game on Wednesday that Gabriel Moreno will be heading to Detroit to meet the team there uh, and that he could very well be activated at some point during the weekend. Um, it's exciting. Like I said, I probably said the word exciting as many times as Alec Manoa says the word electric in his post-game interviews or compete. Just love to compete, man. I love to get excited that Moreno is here. Um, Mitch, why do you think the timing was right for this call-up? Yeah, I think it's, it might feel a little early, but they kind of were waiting for a moment like this, I think, to call Moreno up. It, it, Atkins earlier talked about him and kind of lauded him. We were going to talk about kind of what we've heard about him, but the, what he said is there's obviously going to be some development at the big league level and that they really like their catchers at the big league level, but Moreno's going to need his last bit of seasoning here. And so when I hear that, that sounds to me like he's going to need an injury to break into the big leagues or one of the guys we're going to have to be traded. And so when you have a, a month long injury like this for Jansen, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less, this is the window they were waiting for. They, they wanted to give Moreno run. Maybe it's like two, three weeks earlier than we expected, but this kind of makes sense. He, he's proven it at the AAA level this year. It's, he was just doing what he was doing last year. And he's kept ascending those prospect lists, was the number four prospect in baseball. And this is a door that's swung open for him. Uh, and I think in retrospect, once he makes his debut, it, it's just a natural moment to give him his shot. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's people who've been contested that maybe in the future we'll look back and we'll say maybe he should have been called up sooner, right? We'll we'll see we'll see how the bat translates. But the biggest thing that Ross Atkins talked about in all his media availabilities, where he's spoken to the media, um, he said, um, you know, the receiving and the game calling are, are what we're waiting for. And like you mentioned, he said some of that development will come at the big league level. Um, here's my thinking though. And this is proven by the fact that Moreno is going to come up. If you're rostering Zach Collins and you're talking about receiving and game calling, not to knock Zach for his game calling, because we don't really know all that much about it. Um, but he's not, he's not known to be a strong receiver. I think you just look at the, the athleticism that Moreno has in AAA, that baseball IQ that he's shown off. And it's hard not to bring that guy up. You know, he's, and it, 
here's another thing calling him up. I think will also do some good for the clubhouse, right? I think, you know, the younger guys, I could see Alec Manoa getting very fired up that Moreno is here. Even some of the other Latin guys. Um, I could see the pitching staff being excited. Uh, he's, he's been doing well in AAA. I mean, what have you seen from him in AAA? Yeah, I think the athleticism is like, you could just describe everything he does with that word. And it's not the most descriptive word in the world, but it's, it's all you hear about Gavin Moreno. I think it's the 50% caught stealing. It's just so impressive. And, and we'll, we'll see what the game calling is like. We'll see what the receiving's like. He's going to have that opportunity. He's going to have to kind of show if he's up to that at the big league level. But yeah, the, the arm's certainly there. The bat-to-ball skills are certainly there. Uh, I think he's hitting like 300 right now in AAA. Uh, we'll see what, what happens with the power. I don't think it's turned into kind of game home run power yet. But he's also not the biggest guy. It's not like why he was a top prospect is because he was hitting 40 home runs like Aurelvis Martinez. He was the, the really athletic, good bat-to-ball guy, and he's doing all of that in AAA. So if he's checking all the boxes, that's how you earn a big league call-up. I think an interesting thing to watch will be where the walk rate sits at the big league level. It's dropped a little bit this year from last year, uh, close to around 5 or 6%, which is, that's fine. You, you certainly take that, but then does it take another drop in the big league level? How selective will he be? He's going to be facing better pitchers than he's ever faced before. He didn't get into big league spring training this year, so he hasn't seen this caliber of arm yet. So uh, I'm sure the bat-to-ball skills will continue to be good. He's going to hit for high average. We'll see how kind of the rest of his profile plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the power is what everyone talks about, right? Like Moreno, Moreno's swing is interesting in itself. You know, his his hands come very high and the knob comes towards the pitcher and there's kind of a lot of a lot of wiggle in it, in his swing. And yeah, you, you mentioned how he's going to face major league pitching. Um, I, I expect a lot of strikeouts, to be honest with you. I mean, he's got, he's got good bat to ball. Um, I think the walk rate could take a dive, but... Yeah, the, the power, when, when you look at his numbers in double A, you know, he hit eight home runs in 32 games. And then now, you know, just the jump to triple A, um, he's only got one home run in 36 games. Um, so there's something to be said about um, how the skills will translate to the major leagues. And I think um, for a catcher, especially too, right, you gotta, you gotta remember that you gotta do all the defensive stuff. And you're Moreno, you know, are you more nervous about, you know, facing some starting pitcher or reliever on the Tigers, or are you more nervous about how you're going to handle, I don't know, Ross Stripling start, right? Who throws a ton of pitches and, you know, you got to be behind the dish for nine innings. Um, I think you're going to prioritize defense and, and that, that weighs on a catcher. And I talked to John Schneider about that sort of um, a couple of weeks ago when I was doing a story on Danny Jansen and, and how he, his offensive profile gradually got better. And it took a long, long time to do that because when he came up, you know, there weren't a ton of other talented catchers. Russell Martin was kind of winding down the end of his career. I don't even know if he was still with Toronto in 2018, um, but it would have been close. He might've still been. Um, he was he, like more of a manager than a player by that yeah, time. To be that honest. Probably around the time he was playing second base and third base and just yeah. having, a, having a fun go of it. Um, yeah. So it's, it's going to be nerve wracking, I think for him. And I think, if the offensive results don't translate, I would encourage fans, I think, to, to, to relax and remember that this is the most challenging position in baseball, especially especially for young um, young players. Moreno, I believe he's only 22. Um, he's only, you know, a year or two um, younger than Alejandro Kirk, so it speaks to Kirk's um, development. But 
what we know about Moreno is that he is a special talent. You know, I, I don't want to call him generational because he, you know, he's not, he's not Bryce Harper. He's not crushing 500 foot home runs with, uh, um, with his metal bat or whatever that one video is way back when he doesn't have that much steam, but he has a lot of steam. And, um, when we, when we went to Buffalo, you know, earlier in the season, we talked to Casey Candell and what he told me was Reyna was so talented and he's coming into his own as a future leader. But from what Casey has seen and Casey Candell has seen a lot of baseball, he has, he has seen it all, all of um, them, yeah. from, uh, from the beginning of time. And he said something that stood out to me. He said, Moreno has the power to change the culture Hmm. is the power to change a team's culture. Um, And I thought, I thought that was very interesting. Um, Of course he's athletic, you know, Mitch mentioned how well he throws the ball and how quick his pop time is, but um, there's, I guess something about his innate ability to play baseball that has people in the minor leagues excited. Um, And now we finally get to see it at the major league level. I think it's, just Blue Jays fans are so spoiled recently. Like you got the top prospect, Vlad, you got the top prospect, Bo, you had the fastest riser in all of baseball and Alec Manoa break in after like five AAA starts and 12 innings in the minors or whatever it was. And now you get a number, another number four overall prospect. Like the Kansas city Royals are currently building their franchise around Bobby Witt jr. Who was like the number four prospect at the beginning of the season. That is like their saving grace He's going to change the franchise there. And Moreno is like the fifth version of that, that this Blue Jays core has. Like it's truly crazy. Obviously there's still like bus potential on all of these guys. Like things can still go wrong. They're not all guaranteed like all-star MVP candidates, but I think it is important to remember Vlad's first year. Like it, it wasn't what we now kind of expect of Vlad a solid, slightly above average hitter. It's like a, looked like a good baseball player. And this guy was falling in because he wasn't the, 200 OPS plus guy hitting 50 home runs that mm-hmm. everyone thought he was going to be after tearing up the minors. There is still an adjustment period. This is still the hardest jump that this guy is going to make in his entire career. I think it's important to step back and like realize a how cool it is to have so many of these really good young players on this one team and b that it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, maybe he he gets to play Detroit and then Baltimore to start his big league career. There's there's worse teams to start against for sure. But it might not happen overnight. This is a guy who's going to be a Blue Jay for probably the next six or seven years. So it'll be interesting to see him develop alongside these other young stars. Mm. Yeah, I mean, apart from Vlad's rookie season, I mean, Bo's rookie season was pretty hot. Alejandro Kirk was solid. He didn't play much in his rookie season. but And, of course, Manoa was awesome. I mean, those guys basically all hit. They've all hit so far, right? So, I mean, if you played the odds... Um, you know, you one of those are due? <laughs> they're due for a bust. And obviously we want Moreno to have a successful career. Yeah. But you think of, yeah, you think of Vlad and you think of how hot he was in double A AA and triple A and the home runs and, you know, the crack of the bat. We didn't see that in his first year. And I think with Moreno and maybe this is, and this is something we'll talk to the players about, but you think it's got to take at least you know, one season to, to settle in and to, to, to comprehend what's going on around you. Right. Like think of Moreno, he's an international free agent, right? Toronto would have signed him when he was 16 or 17. And it's been years and years and years building up to this. He's probably been dreaming about this moment forever. Right. So now he's here and is he going to feel comfortable? Is he going to be himself or is he going to be the type of player who's playing not to make mistakes? Right. There's, there's no doubt that you won't be hundred percent comfortable So if Moreno comes up and 
you know, he isn't, uh, he isn't, you know, hitting, hitting for average or power, or there are some, some miscues behind the plate. I think, again, it's important to stress patience. And if he goes back down to AAA, that's fine too. Right. Um, I think it's going to take some time for him to get settled in. Um, but Toronto clearly sees this right now as, you know, a viable rotation, a viable, uh, catching depth situation. And, um, I think it could work, Mitch. What do you think about the idea of how Toronto, or what do you think about how Toronto will use its, its three catchers for the time being? Yeah, I think that is kind of after the pomp and circumstance of this debut happens. That'll be the big question on the back burner. It's like, okay, Danny Jansen's coming back and he was crushing the baseball. Then what do we do? I'm, we don't know what the roster move is going to be. It, it could be Zach Collins going down for Moreno. I'm going to give myself the chance to immediately be wrong, but I kind of get the gut feeling. It's a Kirk catches Barrios on Friday, Collins catches Gosman on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then Moreno gets his first start behind the plate with Stripling on Sunday. I think that yeah. just kind of makes sense with how effective Gosman was uh, with Moreno, or sorry, with uh, Collins earlier in the year, and you kind of want Gosman to get a bounce back start after his last outing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Collins will be the guy sent down. Maybe not. Maybe the role with three catchers could be a reliever they send down. But regardless, when Jansen comes back, you're going to have to tackle this. How many catchers do you have on the roster? I think it's doable. Uh, I think you then have to ask yourself whether or not you want to cost George Springer a couple DH days, Vlad Guerrero Jr. a couple DH days. Because if you have Jansen, Kirk, Moreno on the roster at the same time or, or Collins in that place of Jansen until he's healthy, you're going to be using a lot of DH days for Alejandro Kirk. You're probably going to be using one DH day a week for Moreno, one DH day a week for Collins. And that's like five, four or five games right there where your DH is spoken for. It's, it's interesting. And it's not what Montoya was wanted to do lately uh, where he really likes his kind of half rest days as he calls them. But I think it was someone Chad maybe in a scrum earlier this year asked Charlie, if you guys had a great DH, are you open to, kind of stashing that spot and just being like, okay, we got a DH. He's going to play DH every day. And Charlie was all gung ho. He said, yeah, for sure. If we got a DH that can mash the ball, I'll take that. So they got a potential DH who can mash the ball and Alejandro Kirk and play a little catcher too. So I think the three catchers can work. Are you as convinced? Mm -hmm. I I think it works better, obviously before Jansen's back, because you know, you have, if you have your three catchers, let's assume Collins is optioned once Jansen comes back. Now you have, three guys who all bat right-handed. Um, I mean, I'm all, I'm very high on Alejandro Kirk's defense. So I, I like to, to think of him honestly as Toronto's best defensive catcher in that scenario, assuming that Moreno isn't fully <laughs> you're reacting. Interesting to that. Um, I, I just feel like I get what you're saying with the framing, but I feel like that's kind of a hot take. It's fun. It's a fun take. I love it. I, I I'm high on his, on his defenses throwing and everything. Um, but yeah, you mentioned how, the pitching staff is handled. And I, I, I think above all that will get priority. I think, I mean, unless Moreno of course is like batting 350 and, and his OPS is like, you know, 800 or something. Um, because I think Jansen's um, relationship with the pitchers is valued very highly. I even think Collins is, is valued as highly as well. I mean, you look at how he caught Gosman before and they had some success though. I don't know if, Collins had caught Kikuchi before Wednesday. I don't believe so. I mean, not obviously not to pin that on him. I mean, that was Kikuchi's worst start of his career. It had to have been right. It was, it was the worst 
<laughs> You're not so sure. Maybe not. I don't know. He, he got two outs. I'm sure that there might be a start where he got one. I think. I think I heard the broadcasters say that uh, that was the that was the most pitches a pitcher had thrown in the first inning all season. It was like 45, I think, oh. or in the 40s. Oh. And which he almost is got out of it too. <laughs> yeah, which is ridiculous. Um, but back to the kind of the idea of of the three man rotation. I don't know. Do you? This is always what gets kicked around, um, and I hate to be basic, but do you give Moreno any um, any leeway at a different position at third base? I mean, you have Matt Chapman. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know, or, would you entertain that idea if you were Ross Atkins, Charlie Montoyo? I think if they had that in their bag, like if that was an option for him, we would have seen that in AAA. Uh, I know we briefly saw it last year. And in the Arizona Fall League, they were working on that. But I think if that was something they were planning to do whenever they were going to call Moreno up, then we would have seen him get a starter to at AAA. Or at least we would have heard rumblings of him taking ground balls down at Buffalo at third base before games. There's enough people down there that if that was happening, we would know about it. And I haven't heard any of that. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's the work has not been put in this season, as far as I know, to allow that to happen. I don't know if you're calling a guy up and asking him to learn second or third base in the middle of the season, mm-hmm. maybe center field, Gavin Randall center field. If George Springer needs a couple of DH days, that would be electric, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. I think it's kind of another stereotypical conversation point. I'll throw back at you uh, is how realistic do you think the chance that one of these guys is traded mid season? Uh, I've had a couple of people already ask me this. And do you think it's a legit chance that, Danny Jansen is dealt to someone in the middle of the season. This is a good question. This is really, this is, I would, you know, this is kind of the million dollar question. I think if anyone gets moved, it's Kirk. Honestly, I I think, I still think that, but as Toronto, how can you trade Alejandro with the season he's having, right? You just can't. Trading the all-star starting catcher in a season you're trying to win a world series (laughs) would just be a crazy. You mean the American league MVP? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Triple crown Alejandro Kirk. I no, you here's the thing though. If if you don't move Kirk, you have to move Moreno, I think. I just don't think with, with Danny Jansen, I don't think you're gonna get any value in a move for him, right? I don't think the stats really jump out at you that much, right? Like we he's you can hit for power. Um, his defensive metrics, like anything that you can evaluate statistically, you know, his caught stealing percentage, his framing. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure his catcher ERA is all right, but those aren't like that juicy. If you're, if you're a GM, I would, I don't know. Do you think Jansen has trade value, like worth trade value to the point that it's worth Toronto moving him mid season? Yeah. I think that's the key clarification. I don't think it does mid season. Just, I, I do think he has trade value. I think like veteran catchers get moved for a surprisingly large amount all the time. I, I think like I look at the Tucker Barnhart deal earlier this year, to Detroit. And I see that as kind of a good comp of what you'd be looking to get for chance. just a couple of young guys, maybe, or maybe a reliever, so like a really good reliever, something like that, like a, but something that will help this big league team and something they definitely value. I do think that's a November move. I, I think you kind of roll with what you got, because if you trade Jansen and then Kirk goes down, if Gabriel Moreno catching four out of every five days and Zach Collins is the backup, you don't want to put yourself into that situation 
So I think you take the negatives of the logistical nightmare of having to figure out this three-man catching tandem right now over dealing someone for maybe a not ideal return in July. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, the most likely scenario is that no one gets traded, but that's no fun for us. That's no fun for the fans. Um, also think with the Jansen trade, like the damage that would do to the clubhouse, I think would, yeah, be, exactly. really, would be really bad. I mean, Jano's been a guy that's been here for a long time. Uh, he's like, even the Ryan Barucki, you know, DFA kind of hurt some guys, right? Jansen was really close with him. Romano too. That group I think would be a little bit damaged. Um, especially. And I think Jansen's also the guy they trust with Kikuchi. Mm -hmm. I think it's those meetings have been the pitching development guys like Bushman, Walker, Kikuchi, and Jansen. Like those are the people in the room for those. And so if you take the guy out of the room for that and you have to put Zach Collins in there, I'm sure they can figure it out. But if you're trying to get the most out of your pitching staff right now, I think Danny Jensen's the guy they want to be able to do that with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jansen was the guy. Well, he manages Kikuchi quite well from what we've seen. He was also the guy who managed Hunjin Ryu. And since we recorded our last podcast, you know, we've learned a little bit more about Ryu. Mitch, what's, what's the latest and greatest? Well, not the greatest on, on Ryu. Yeah, we, we've kind of learned a lot since the last podcast, but also haven't learned anything at all. It's like an interesting dichotomy there where it sounds like it continues to not sound great. Uh, it would, I think I said to you, and this is kind of a common phrase, if you don't like the first, if you're going for a second opinion, it's because you didn't like the first opinion. And it sounds like they're going, planning to go for three, four opinions for Ryu to kind of figure it out. The There was some positive news from Ross Atkins or some positive sentiment from Ross Atkins the other day, just about how they don't think it's that serious. But what does that really mean? I think it's, it's still a very long-term injury. I'd be surprised if we see Ryu in the next two months at the very least, I think this is like a sit back, get right. And then we try to figure it out. And, and then we see if there's a surgery involved in this in some capacity, he's going to see a doctor, but yeah, Ross stripling is now very much a permanent fixture in the blue Jays rotation. And there are some next man up options. I don't, I, I have a few guys who I've kind of, I was talking to the Bison's pit, triple a pitching coach jeff Ware the other day about some potential next man up but uh, if you were to kind of guess right now who the next call up is if let's say ross stripling hits the shelf for 15 days who, who would you be picking mm-hmm. i know you have a couple guys lined up but i i would think maybe nate pearson would be one of the one of the first guys called up i mean i i don't know how many innings he's worked up to in his most recent starts um i think it was two i think he, he had two was above 40 pitches mm-hmm and I think the numbers have been okay. I mean, again, I haven't, I haven't been watching too. I know he, he's given up a solo home run here and there. He's prone to that a little bit. Um, but if let's say you needed a spot start, you know, uh, next Tuesday um, or next time Stripling comes around to the rotation, you're probably not going to Pearson, I guess. Um, you're probably going to someone like Thomas Hatch, right? We, we said Anthony Kay, but I believe he's on the injured list at the moment. Um, you've heard some good things about Hatch. His numbers weren't great by any means uh, at the start of the season, but what's what's allowed him to turn it around? Yeah, so I think we saw Hatch earlier, and he had a big knee brace earlier in the year when we were down in Buffalo, and we are like, oh, what's up with that? And so I've recently learned he had kind of a big off-season knee injury, and they're kind of attributing his slow start to that and him maybe not having the spring training time he needed. And uh, pitching coach Jeff Ware said, 
that the changeup feel at the beginning of the season just wasn't there. And you, you look at the numbers and it was like a seven ERA. He wasn't getting any guys out in his first couple starts, but in his last four or five starts, the ERA is down a couple of runs. It's sitting in the low fours, which is still not phenomenal for AAA, but he had a near no hitter. Or I think he was, he did have a no hitter. It was like six no hit innings. And then someone else took over and let up a hit, which is not a no hitter, I guess. But yeah, the strikeups are up, walks are down, batting average against is down. I think Hatch is definitely the guy right now. I, I think kind of the next man up, if we're looking off the 40 man after Hatch, for if you're looking at a August guy, a guy who can kind of work into that late season role and be kind of the Hatch in a month and a half, it's Max Castillo. I, I think he's a guy who, like a, a reliever, Adrian Hernandez, earned a very early call up from double A AA to triple A. Uh, I've heard he, or Jeff Ware told me he had, and I quote, a low heartbeat. And that's what you want to hear about a pitcher. It's usually something people use to describe a late inning reliever, but he, he said he just seems like a big leaguer. And this is, he's a legit prospect. He's a young guy who's got a good fastball, has always had a really, really good changeup. And now he's kind of trying to find the breaking ball. It seems like he's been toying with a few different options and it's still kind of a work in progress, but he's filling the zone with it right now and throwing it for strikes. And so they kind of like where that pitch is at and he's not letting up runs. I, I urge you to go look at Max Castillo's numbers. It's like a 0.7 ERA in his first couple of AAA starts after earning the promotion. So I think he needs to be put on the 40 man after this season. I think he certainly will be put on the 40 man and I'd be I'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't make it onto the 40 man at some point this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Starting pitching depth is just so important. And, you know, Ross Stripling was the original insurance plan and now Ryu is gone for the, you know, sizable future. Um, So yeah, they'll, they'll need guys like that. And Castillo is exciting. He's a young guy. Um, You know, maybe people are a little less excited on hatch because they've seen him a bunch and they've seen him struggle kind of last season, especially. Um, but yeah, there, there, there is some, uh, some, some sense of hope, I guess, in AAA should things go even worse. Um, but the biggest uh, shining ray of hope so far has been Moreno. He's been called up. Mitch and I just so happened, funny enough, we didn't even plan this. We were headed to Detroit no matter what. Uh, and it just so happened that it could be the weekend we see Moreno. So um, what's the biggest appearance in Detroit this weekend, Gabriel Moreno or, or Mitch and Ethan, you guys tell us. <laughs> I think that's easy for the listeners. <laughs> and I'll obviously, leave it at that. Yeah. obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, yeah. So guys, thanks for listening. Um, you can follow us uh, along on, on Twitter. You can follow us on our website, sa.com uh, slash MLB slash Blue Jays. Uh, we'll have everything Moreno. It's Moreno weekend. Um, we'll be there. Hopefully you guys will follow along too. So as always, uh, thanks for listening.